This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. After waiting two and a half weeks for a victory, can you believe it? Why well, Julie arrived on Wednesday, and now after a three-week gap, uh, it's just time to return to Portman Road on Saturday, looking to continue this staggering run of form. This is the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town up or up since 2015. I'm Richard Woodard and this is the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our mates at the Greyhound Pub. You can join us here live every week on YouTube or afterwards on demand at your leisure, including on podcast audio. And as always, here with all of his mountains of research, Seb Brown. How are you, mate? I'm good. We seem to sit here every week and I'm running out of superlatives for how amazing it is to be an Ipswich Town fan at the moment. It just gets better and better, doesn't it? It's just yeah. what a time to be a town fan. Yeah, no matter what comes in our way, we swat it to one side and now all these stats are coming out today saying first side to reach 10 wins, etc. No side's ever got this amount of points and not been promoted. And yeah, this is truly, truly special. Yeah, well, and we will continue to remind folk of this every week, but I think no one needs that. Um, I, I I posted the um, the gif of Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 3 kind of walk, when he turns into <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man kind of walking around. I'm pretty certain I haven't walked into town. Not only will there be people this morning walking around that. I think someone in the Telegram group said they were bowling out into the Continental Breakfast in their hotel near Bristol with kind of the same kind of swagger as well. But there'll be now people in... A red of uh, a white and black pinstripe shirt as well. We're doing that kind of smug, yeah. So we've got plenty to talk about. I mean, there was Wednesday night. We'll talk about that. Saturday, we've got to talk about as well. Uh, we've got a new kit, which is something that I can nerd out on for a bit as well. Have we confirmed, by the way, that you are the reason that Rotherham was called off? That was kind of it's my it fault. Sunday, yeah. So for, for those of us that aren't in our Telegram group, you should join it. Free two week trial, then only a, a minor monthly subscription. I opened the match chat early. Uh, I took it upon myself as an admin to uh, leave you some of the 
some of the um, some of the admin rights. So I opened the chat a little bit early. It was still the same day, but and then it all went horribly wrong. And hashtag blame Seb seemed to be trending for most of Friday evening and Saturday morning. So yeah, totally my fault for Rotherham. So apologies to all of us like me who made the trip up there. Never mind the weather. Never mind the the, the Rotherham condition at their end. It was my fault for opening up a WhatsApp group to it. Well, it's 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 part of a uh, part of fixing the problem is owning up to it in the first place. So uh, on behalf of everyone, Seb, thank you for that. Are you going on the? 7th of November, by the way. I am. Yes, I am. So, but I've learned my lesson. I didn't open up the match chat for last night and we got back to winning ways. So, lesson learned. Hashtag blame Seb trended. I've learned my lesson. I promise I'll never mess it up again. And what a great gesture by the club, by the way, for the five of voucher and um, the priority point as well, regardless of whether people refund, get a refund on their match ticket. Pretty good, right? Brilliant. Yeah, the points thing obviously has been a bone of contention for quite a lot of the season so far. So to make sure those guys are still rewarded regardless is great news. And the £5 voucher is a very welcome addition. And I wonder what I might be spending that <laughs> on in the, uh, in the not too distant future. Yeah, hold that thought. Let's firstly, we need to say hello to the live chat. There's loads of people here, though. So um, do say hello to us and get involved in the discussion. Um, evening to Stuart. What a wonderful Thursday this has been. Shame I have no nails left after last night's final 15. Uh, you need to Dan. Absolutely knackered work, you'd say, but 100% worth it. Yeah, one of those ones. Uh, evening to Charlie. Evening to Lee. Nick, uh, this is all going rather well, isn't it? Exactly right, Nick. Uh, love that. Um, oh, here he is. Here he is. Here's Michael in Brisbane. About 30, 30 degrees. degrees. Is it? Is it? Is it? Oh, I had to put the heating on this morning. Yeah, not good. Um, Stubbsy is... I Yeah, so I ran out of interesting or witty uh, names for the, uh, the kind of the, the video title so you didn't, um, go with, you didn't go with mine disappointed yeah we'll, we'll come back to that if maybe. people join telegram i'll reveal what it was yeah there you go there's an exclusive list um plymouth, plymouth, there's nothing offensive about plymouth i think i think all of us kind of you know just can we not be friends no let's move it on uh rob's here elliot is here uh phillips here um play average get three points i'll take that says lee uh neil repeats seb's sentiment what a great time to be alive let alone just an ipswich fan what a great time to be alive loving life and ipswich we love on your positivity neil um evening to colin barons with us as well matt evening from portland oregon um say hello if you're in far-flung um, places we love that um australia and america have been already Given a name check. Uh, Lorraine is with us as well. Martin too. Sunny Braintree. Well, it, it's fine, Martin. We're Braintree's good. You know, it's just down the road. So that's fine. There you go. Chris is here from New Zealand. Still on a high. Um, evening to Frank. Um, Nick as well. I'm watching on the train home from London. I um, hope the internet is as stable as mine and not someone else in the pod team. Although he's, oh, we might have, we might have resolved Mikey's issues, haven't we? So um, Max is here from Melbourne. Roll on Plymouth point to prove. Yeah, we'll talk more about that shortly. Um, eight hours driving for Elliot, 3 a.m. home shattered. And now time to get beat in the predictions. Evening, guys. Yeah, Elliot. Um, well, we'll talk more about the predictions later on. Um, Anthony's with us as well. Uh, Nick uh, bought the third shirt today and met John Walk buying his one. Surely he gets a discount. Yeah, doesn't he get a free one? Surely. Surely. Com I mean, commercial now, though, aren't we? Commercial, sir. He's probably got the original, hasn't he? But we'll yeah. Um, um, evening to Tim as well. Fun night in Bristol. Matt's with us. Rodders, Norman. Um, re yeah, reminding us we are now the same amount of points <laughs> as as it took two pools and forty six games. Seb, we now have the same amount of points as our eighteen nineteen season, which is just puts it in perspective, doesn't it? As well, uh, Steve's in Cyprus. Um, all are saying Leicester will are running away with it. 
win the game in and ITFC will be two behind and yet to play each other as well. Romeo's here. Our mate, the universe, doesn't care as well. The C word. Uh, I'm talking about how the sport... Oh, yeah, well, we don't talk about cricket here. I know. fine. There's no Craig. There's no Dave. You should be fine tonight for that. Worst case, we might get golf, but I think Seb and I... I mean, I was about to swear, Seb. I couldn't give a crap about cricket, frankly. So, sorry about that. Um, the universe doesn't care. I don't care about cricket. There you go. Uh, and it's Gary... Um, and Stephen, bloody hell, everyone's here. Great to have you. Uh, Jamie, another one of the, the late travellers as well. Ian's great to have you too. Uh, got back an hour ago after two days in the West Country. I think Ian might have been the person who kind of talked about his walking into breakfast with a bit of a swag. So great to have you with us as well. And uh, Paulson signing in for Aberdeen. There you go. Um, Maurizio's here. Uh, Bluey's here. Blooming hell, guys. Thank you so much for your support. Do give us a thumbs up, folks. Um, it would really help us out on YouTube. So thank you, everyone. And, uh, and apologies that we can't do a roll call to everyone on podcast land as well. Um, you could have, hopefully, you just skipped through that bit. But hello to Veronica as well, Felix yourself. Let's talk about Bristol City. So we've had enough sentiment about how um, great the victory was. I guess some context needed in respect of the performance, the scoreline, etc. Um, a little bit of uh, interesting tactical selections as well, or team selections in the absence of Wes Burns. Do you want to give us your kind of take on Jackson coming in and, yeah, any, any key moments that you want to discuss? Yeah, so obviously the, the big decision was going to be who was going to replace Wes Burns. It comes down to one of two, doesn't it? It comes down to Caden Jackson, where you're going to get the pace in behind, the willing runner. He probably might track back a little bit more and give a bit more protection to the fullback. Or do you go Amari Hutchinson to kind of fulfill that role on his on his le- left left-sided, so cutting in onto his left foot, looking to get shots away and crosses into the far post. He goes for Caden Jackson, which I could totally understand kind of why Bristol City played this 3-5-2 makeshift three at the back again with Andy King kind of slotted in there. So I guess McKenzie saw, you know, opportunities for space in behind. I didn't think we started that well, to be honest. I thought the first five minutes we looked rusty, but to be fair, that's got to be totally expected having had one kind of in-house friendly mix and match with the under-21s in the last three uh, two weeks whatever it's been three weeks it would have been by then wouldn't it it was a um two and a half weeks so i didn't i thought we were rusty for the first five minutes but then we settled down pretty quickly i mean i, I remember seeing morsey give the ball away in the first five minutes and i thought christ i haven't seen that for about 18 months or so um but we settled down to the game nicely took hold of it as we tend to do and we started to create more and more chances i thought Hurst was leading the line absolutely superbly from about 10 minutes onwards, we grew into the game and fully deserved the goal when it came along, I thought. They had a couple of early chances, didn't they? A couple of cuts inside, sometimes due to our errors, due to, you know, a mix-up between Wolfenden and, I think it was Wolfenden and Morsey for one of them. They get a shot off that goes straight down the throat of Flagkey. Um, but come 16 minutes and uh, after a decent spell of them seeming to get blocks on the end of most things, we uh, we will score a lovely goal. Lovely goal. Um, Harry, happy birthday to Barry Davis, who celebrated his 85th birthday on Tuesday, by the way. We're talking about that on Ben's live stream for the Leicester Sunderland game. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's I was going to say it's a, it's a typical broadhead goal. I'm not yep. sure there is a typical broadhead goal. I mean, lovely move uh, involving Luongo out left, a lovely first time ball from, from Hurst, isn't it? Kind of cushioned um, Stifle yeah. volley into the path of broadhead, who's got a space to be fair to him. And yep. I guess the question, Seb, is whether O'Leary in, in nets for Bristol City is deceived either by the pace of the shot because he does he does ping it the yep. bounce because it does bounce just in front of him or to some of the folk on the telegram who were very critical of the of O'Leary and uh, whether it's just crap keeping uh, what's your take 
Well, I had the Bristol City camera view on Sky, so I, I was a million miles out from it. I watched <laughs> yeah. the highlights today on YouTube, but I felt like I was up at St. James's Park when you're in the away end at Newcastle. It felt so high up. So uh, on, on first glance, I didn't really see that much blame attributed to the keeper, but then when you look a bit closer on the uh, on the highlights that have been released since, yeah, I think it's a bit of, to quote Mr. Diamond, a bit of both, isn't it? Broader does ping it in, picks up the ball in a bit of space, drives forward, takes a touch right on the edge of the area, gets the shot off. He does connect with it well, but he takes that little bounce, and yeah, keeper should probably do better but we don't care we deserve that goal we've been on top of that point and growing into the ascendancy um like i said a few minutes before we'd had chances where things were getting blocked left right and center and the goal was just rewards for the time because after that first five minutes and a couple of shots from them they went pretty quiet and we started to get jackson and uh and davis involved in behind both fullbacks and creating opportunities yeah, I mean, worth noting that was um, that's Broadhead's 14th goal in only his 32nd ITFC appearance. And the last player to reach 14 goals quicker than that was one Marcus Stewart. So he's in great company. Esteemed company. Uh, um, I, I thought we probably should have got, I think McKenna mentioned it as well, maybe a couple more by halftime, Seb. Definitely. I think we were, by the end of the first half, the, by far the dominant team. But um, as the away side, you're going to expect the home team to come at you second half, particularly a goal down and Bristol City, you know, took it to us. But these patterns of these away games that we now see, Southampton was very similar, wasn't it? Sunderland to an extent as well, albeit it was a 2-1 kind of game. QPR maybe to a lesser extent. You know, we've, we've figured out a strategy for these away games, but it does consist of letting the opposition have the ball. And maybe on another day we get punished perhaps. Potentially, I mean, we'll discuss the physics-defying efforts off the line. We'll do it now. Let's do it now. Go on. Okay, so yeah, so that that, that was that was created by our own mistake. Obviously, Davis doesn't know the player is there. He nicks the ball off him, gets the shot off. Lackey gets down, hits the post, hits Lackey on the back, and somehow rolls right (laughs) across that goal line, uh, and somehow doesn't go across it before Brandon Williams could kind of get back across and absolutely hack it off the line. So there's your bit of luck. Uh, That aside, I mean, that that is very fortunate to get away with that one. That aside, I think you put in the Telegram group. Did Bristol City create? that much there were a few crosses yeah. in flaggy punched a couple and i was a bit critical and thought could he have caught them but apart from that there wasn't a great deal to do he makes the one-handed save in the first half and that physics defying effort across the goal line aside in the second half i don't think they created too much we i thought we started the second half pretty well and we were decent up until up until the subs really i mean hearst went down with that knock and didn't quite see himself afterwards I, I thought hearst was absolutely superb last night i thought we had a big drop off when you know dane scarlett comes on obviously he's not played much football recently he's still kind of getting to the groove of how we how we play and how we do things and i thought hearst going off we lost that kind of sticking points up front um, mm. and then from minute 75 onwards it felt like we noticed to be dropped down a level in our fitness which again will come from you know two and a half weeks of of not really playing and, and and they kind of had a lot of possession but didn't really do much with it I thought a few crosses in but apart from that a couple of last ditch tackles one on the right from Williams one on the left from Davis but we kept them at arms bay and in the end we saw it arms out bay. comfortably arms, yeah. arms length kept, them, uh, at kept, arms bay. kept yep. them at bay or at arms length and uh, and then we saw it out quite comfortably I thought so another disciplined professional away performance should have been more Morsey hits the post in the first half we had a handful of ones blocked left right and centre in the box so should have been two or three at half time but overall fully deserved yeah and I, I totally agree with you that after the, the effort that went along the goal line and um, isn't it good that we've got goal line technology so there's no going to be no bitter Bristol City fans going to be moaning about whether that was over or not and conspiracy theories etc you, your point is spot on I, I, I think um, yes, it wasn't comfortable viewing, and certainly the ball didn't stick, did it, with Scarlett or or Harness no. or Taylor when he came on kind of down that left-hand side. Um, 
it felt like either they were making really bad choices when they got in good positions, a lot of wasted crosses, a lot of set pieces that were pinged into no one in particular. Yeah. Um, I thought we were, yeah, pretty, yeah, as a, not comfortable, but I think we were definitely, to your point, keeping them at arm's bay. So, um, I, yeah, I think a very well-deserved three points. And, yeah, we can dig out metrics and stats and stuff like that. But in terms of XG, which something you and I bloody love, or maybe just me, 0.7 to 1.7 for us. Shots on target, four to six in our favour. Um, but they had maybe one more bigger chance than us, which I can't re- really remember what it was. So, yeah. The header, I um, think that's probably the header, isn't it, in the first half? Maybe so. Maybe Conway so. put straight at the keeper. So, yeah, yeah I, professional, deserved, and, yeah. I think Pretty maybe there was a little bit of um, miscommunication about, between maybe Hladki and the centre-backs. I haven't got any issue with what Hladki did on the night. I think there was some times where we were unnecessarily playing around at the back. Um, you know, we, we know that there are going to be moments where we're going to get pressed high, but I think generally we dealt with it okay. But it just, as as the away team, it builds momentum in the home support. And I've, I think I've seen Bristol City fans talk about this. Um you know, Ipswich were under pressure and the keeper was a bit, you know, I don't think, and if, if you'd watched us every game this season, then that performance and that system, that approach is not, is not new. So um, yeah. we all know about it, but other teams don't. So I wasn't overly worried about it, but I could see how others are. Um, Seb, who was your man of the match? And if you want to give us your man of the match in the chat, do that now. And I'll go through some comments as well from um, what we had posted I thought as well. Hurst was superb. I know he only lasted, what was it, 70 minutes or so, but I thought he was absolutely brilliant. The way he was holding holding the ball up, uh, running in behind, had that good effort when he gets into the channel in the first half and gets the shot across the keeper. They obviously the assist for Broadhead's goal. He's he's spoken in the last week or so, hasn't he, about he, he knows now you know, his, his job is not necessarily to score the goals. He's going to be far more involved with those number 10s behind him. Burgess, I thought, was brilliant as well. Got his head on the end of everything. Um, so either Burgess or Hurst for me, I'd lean more towards Hurst because I thought he was really, really impressive. Um, I'll lean towards Burgess then because I thought he was, um, yeah, he was dependable, wasn't he? Admittedly, maybe him and Davis not great for that Cornick moment in the second half, but other than that, yeah, just a rock and you know, and his distribution out of the back is is pretty good as well. Uh, let's have a quick look through these. Uh, if you can keep the comments um, brief, the reactions on these, said because we're going to run out of time. To yeah, God. Um, uh, Michael Goodwin felt we missed Freddie coming on for the last 20 minutes or so. Scarlett there was a, there hasn't was a really had the opportunity yet, has he? Um, no, to, to there was a drop-off of him. Yeah, obviously he played with England a couple of games in the uh, in the international break, but there was a noticeable drop-off. I just don't think he could really get into the game. He wasn't offering what Hurst offers, holding the ball up. And and yeah, uh, we, we noticeably seemed to drop deeper when he came on because he wasn't providing that out at the top of the pitch. And Freddie, Freddie isn't, isn't George Hurst either, but I think Freddie would have done better in that situation. Yeah, um, Mr. Portaloo, um, pitch looked very large. Uh, Colin said, beautiful pitch, Ashton Gate, um, and pitch looked very large. Maybe that's why we got Jackson. Yeah, um, and Elliot quite rightly mentions enjoyed the <laughs> win at Mark Ashton Gate. The pitch, and I wonder whether the camera angle is something that we can, um, Father give Ted, credit to these Mark ones Ashton. are close, those ones are far, far yeah. away. Um, Rob agrees about um, missing Ladapo coming on for 65. The jury's still out for Scarlet. Oh, for me. I appreciate he hasn't played much. I mean, that's the huge caveat, isn't it? Um, Max, uh, two and a half weeks off, not necessarily affects physical fitness, but definitely affects yeah. match fitness. Ran out of puff in the last 15, but held on. Um, Moby, uh, the Hladki defense uh, slash de- defense interplay came close to disaster a couple of times last night, but still we haven't considered single goal from it. Exactly. Moby say as- close to disaster. Was it? Is, mm, 
Go on. I don't think it was close to disaster. No, I think it's what we come to expect now. And like Moby says there, we still haven't conceded a goal from this. We've been playing this way for coming up two years now. You know, McKenna joined in December 2021. He's coming up on his two-year anniversary, not too far in the distant future. And, we, and we've still not conceded a goal. This is how it's going to be. I know there'll be times people will have their their kind of hearts in their mouths, especially when we play against a team that presses us high. But we have to f- put full faith in them because this is how we're going to play football and draw teams out to hit them quickly on the counter. Yep. And that pace of Jackson is, is part of that strategy as well. Um, a, um, I kind of trust Jackson to perform defensive duties yeah. with diligence. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame he got a booking early doors. Awful tackle, wasn't it? That was um, a really bad tackle. That didn't help us. Um, <laughs> uh, Rodders, Bristol, I pressed as hard as it in the first yeah. 10 minutes. I mean, home team, uh, off the back of a victory against Coventry, they want to build on that. Um, but I wasn't overly impressed. Admittedly, they've got some injury doubts there as well. But I kind of felt like they've, kind of we we set traps for them the way the way that we set up silly second half and those clear-cut chances just didn't come it was crosses into the box it was set pieces it was you know speculative efforts and i I kind of think that yeah they run out of ideas i think towards the end which is 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 really well for us um max wants vaz to command his area a bit more um there were a couple he doesn't come for burgess nods it his away yeah, that was that's the big. I guess that's a big debate with Walton. Walton is very good at commanding his area and claiming those high balls in the last minute and dropping down to take some of the sting out of the game. There were a couple of occasions last night. I want think I wanted Clanky to kind of come and catch. I thought a couple he, he, he punched when I thought he could have caught. But yeah. overall, you can't you can't fault him. Overall, I mean, like you say, if he he's not as big as Walton, so if he doesn't feel comfortable catching the ball, then just get it out of the air. And you've always having Burgess there at six foot, whatever he is, as a backup is a is a brilliant backup to have, isn't it? Yeah, Jack, who's doing great work. He's got a Substack, I think, and is writing yeah. blogs. If you join Telegram, he's uh, very prolific over there. Talks about div- maybe there's a deliberate division of responsibility between the keeper and centre backs, and kind of told them to get on with it. Um, and maybe that's that's a part of it as well. Um, Rob endorsing Burgess's excellence, won everything yeah. in the air. Um, one trip only, and others have said Broadhead, awesome, great goal. Um, Peter, very impressed with Burgess. Um, so yeah, and um, Lee, we lost shape when Hurst and Chaplin went off. I mean, two key players, right? Seb, you know that. Yeah, absolutely. Team built kind of around those, aren't they? And Chaplin last night, some of his first time passing was brilliant into the channels, into into kind of wide areas, through balls for the the players up front. I thought he played really well last night as well, Chaplin. But yeah, you lose two of your, you know, two of your probably best four players on the pitch, then naturally you're going to see a bit of a drop off. Uh, Max Riley mentioning Morsey maybe treading a little bit of a tightrope. So does Brandon Williams. We haven't talked about Brandon Williams yet. I thought he was his usual energetic best, but perhaps I again thought, treaded a bit of a tightrope in terms of cards. I thought Morsey was lucky, I'll be honest. Yeah, I think I counted, was it three in the second half after his booking? He had the one right on the edge of the air. He had one quite late on, and I thought, oh, if this is a different ref, he could well send him off here. So I, I agree. I thought Morsey was quite lucky. A, a different ref, and that could be very, very different. Yep. Um, Romeo mentioning Morsey becoming a player that we can't do without. I mean, the Huddersfield drop points, Seb. Um, yep. It's something to bear in mind with January coming, although... Well, he's not in the squad, is he? So hopefully he's won't. eight better midfielders somewhere in Egypt. So um, Yeah, apparently so. Talking about midfielders, um, unsung hero, Don Ball. Um, I thought he came on and had a bit of assurance and yep. calmness, didn't he? Uh, it's worth giving credit to... The, the, the squad we've done it before obviously McKenna shuffles the pack and it doesn't look like anything's different but these game weeks coming up Seb with three fixtures and then we've got Fulham obviously next week as well then Swansea uh, I think is it Swansea Birmingham sorry Birmingham, and then it yeah. rearranged Rotherham then Swansea yeah. so it's they're going to come thick and fast aren't they so Dumball and others are going to have an important role to play 
Yeah, very much so. I thought he did really well when he came on. And, uh, like you said, the, the subs in previous games, this one I don't think they settled into the game as well as recent weeks. Don Ball aside, I thought he came on and kind of got involved straight away. I guess maybe in a central midfield position is easier given the role he plays to kind of influence the game instantly. Whereas if you've got to hold the ball up or you're looking to make runs in behind like Hutchinson was, I guess maybe it can be a little bit more difficult to do. But yeah, in recent weeks, our, our subs have made crucial differences and it's going to be a long season. We've got an awful lot of games now before the international break. In Injuries are starting to mount up a little bit with Burns and Ladapo, so the squad is going to be needed. And it's great that you know Don Ball is he's barely featured for us in reality last season and this season. I mean, if you add up his game time, it's probably less than five completed games or something, isn't it? But you know, if he can come off the bench, add that bit of experience, add that bit of know-how at a crucial time, then he's playing his part. Correct. Let's um, have a look at players of the match nominations. Um, maybe goes for Williams, Romeo Hurst. Burgess, quite a couple of a few of Burgess. Williams keeps coming up. Um, Eric putting Chaplin in there as well. Um, was unlucky with his spin shot that uh, I think was maybe offside, perhaps. Um, yeah, but lots of shouts for Williams, Chap, um, Burgess. Um, but yeah, Chaplin's coming up there. What's your thoughts on Chaplin? I thought he played well. Uh, I don't know how he got that shot off where it kind of, he was mm. back to goal and somehow got a touch and suddenly got a shot off. Like I said, some of his first time passing last night I thought was was really good. Uh, had that one effort from about 25 yards out, which he fired straight down the keeper, didn't he? But but yeah, for me, I just think Hurst was the, the man of the match for me, but equally Burgess was, as Colin Plum says there, Burgess was a, a colossus. Neil saying ref couldn't wait to book Morsi. It feels like a right. Well, the ironic thing was, I didn't think his booking was actually a foul. I thought, I, I, th I thought the player almost tripped himself up or, or, or something. But the, the ones in the second half, I think, were booking. So yeah, bit of a tight rope, but he's dodged that one. Matt Riley mentioning last time we were in Bristol, <laughs> a very different result, wasn't it? And but if we hadn't Morsi, had very evening, different situation as well. Yeah, but if we hadn't had that evening on Valentine's Day, we might never have got the incredible run since. So, yep, yep. Agreed with that. I think we've I think we've done Bristol. Thank you, everyone, for your thoughts there on Bristol City. Uh, let's do a bit of a mini roundup for the rest of the um, championship from midweek. Worth noting that of the championship league table that went into match day 12, uh, of the top eight, only Ipswich and Leicester won, Seb. Uh, Leeds lost to Stoke. Preston, lost, yeah. uh, Preston and, Sal and Southampton took two points off each other. Sunderland obviously lost to Leicester. Wayne Rooney's Birmingham. It kind of feels like Gianfranco is only reincarnated at Birmingham. Not going lost, well, is it? Lost to Harlan. Obviously, Bristol City were in the top eight as well. They lost to us. Um, so the league table. Let me put the league table. Should we just put oh, the league yes. table up? There's yeah. the league table, guys. Boom. Phenomenal. Look at that. 31 points from 12 games played. Five points off the top with a game in hand, but crucially, eight points clear of, uh, sorry, nine points clear of um, of third place with a game in hand as well. So Ooh. thank you, Stoke, for doing us a favour last night. I'm just trying to, can you, um, Norwich, can you see them on there? Um, they must no. be there, surely. Uh, no, that's weird. They're not there. Well, they're playing no. Sunderland, who are 10th. Weird. But... Yeah. How strange. We'll keep looking for Norwich. If you can yeah. let us know if you Scroll find them. Down. Yeah. That'd be helpful. Um, so yeah, and and then on the night of Ipswich one Bristol City Neil said we have a third kit, which frankly has been a, a pretty open secret, I think, for quite a while. Though we didn't know the specifics of it, did we? And then it was the Rotherham kind of situation where they had to change things a little bit on their um, on the kit, um, the colours and all that kind of stuff. But we now we now have them. Um, and what's your impressions? I'll put a picture up there. Talk, talk to me about it. 
they had me at the yellow badge. I messaged you, I think, before and discussing it. And I said, I've not worn the orange one yet. The orange one was my summer purchase, which I, I haven't worn yet. I wore the black one for superstition for most of this season. And I thought, oh, the third one isn't really necessary. I can't think of too many times we're actually going to need it. But we're a commercial vent, uh, venture now. So I understand why they're doing it. And I wasn't that fast. And then they revealed it. And I saw the yellow badge. And I kind of thought, yeah, I'm going to have to buy that, aren't I? Yeah, it is, tidy, isn't it? Is. It is very nice. Yeah, they've done well again. Obviously, it's a tribute back to the 81-84 era with the, the white with the pinstripes. You're the uh, kit aficionado. What What is it about it? Does it for you? What's your favourite thing about it? I think pinstripes is – you can't go wrong with pinstripes. I remember the, the mitre kits in the in the noughties, which yeah. brought back the pinstripes. I, I, I just think that's a universal of football. You know, you think Yankees, don't you, and yeah. that kind of stuff. It's kind of very historic and vintage feel to it. I agree with you. The badge is a nice touch. But yeah, it's just a tidy shirt, isn't it? I think probably yeah. the fact that the sleeves don't have the stripes is is a bit of an annoyance for me. I quite like the the stripes to continue all the way around, but it's just a very tidy shirt and white, very white and black, very minimalist, isn't it? Um, yeah. Maybe a, a black monochrome badge would have worked well on that, perhaps because the no, yellow. I love, the, I love the, the yellow badge is good. I get that, and I and understand how people of a certain era, um, younger viewers maybe um, haven't ever seen an Ipswich Town badge, at least in anger, with that. Um, with the yellow on it, yeah. but I think another version of that with a, a monochrome black badge would have looked pretty cool, actually. But it's neat. And and uh, and what's your take on the third kit for the keepers? Apparently, that was leaked, wasn't it? Apparently, it was on something before on EAFC twenty four, the new right. name of so FIFA. The kids would have seen it before us old people. That looks all right. Again, it looks like you're wearing cycling reflectors on the <laughs> sleeves, like the current goalkeeping club does. So I'll be honest, that one doesn't do anything for me. But I probably will be spending some of my hard earned money on the uh, on the one. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about the bent, the uh, the walkout jacket as well, Seb? Our mate Mark put in our group saying, "I'm I've always been worried that we haven't got a third walkout jacket." Which I thought was quite a funny comment. <laughs> yeah, so that, kudos for that one. It looks Hooray. nice. Yeah, it, it does look very nice. Um, yeah, it's just how we run these days, isn't it? And any opportunity to kind of squeeze extra extra dollar out is what we're going to do. When are we going to wear this stuff though? I can't work out. I'm looking at the fixture list and I mean, you can wear it at Birmingham next week if you want to get it out there. And I guess they pencil it in for Rotherham. So maybe we'll see it there as well. But yeah, you don't really need, I can't think of any times we're actually really going to need this thing, but it is very pretty and I'm sure it's going to sell incredibly well. Yeah, I know that's the point, isn't it as well? Exactly. um, Do we wear the black one twice? Derby on telly and Burnley away in the cup? Fine. Yeah, you're right. I, I think That's that was it. it. it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, 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 as I said, pretty poorly. Well, Rotherham might have let the cat out of the bag, didn't perhaps yeah. last week. I wonder whether it'll be worn up Rotherham because of that fact. Yeah. And the club kind of said, you've waited for it. The rain stopped it kind of stuff. So maybe that's that's in their thinking. But I'd quite like to wear orange at Birmingham. But then I'm trying to remember the last time I went to Birmingham, to see Birmingham, not Coventry, because obviously Coventry were there for a season. And we were wearing that, the bright orange shirt in the 18-19 season, 2-0 oh, at half-time yeah. and, and threw it away. 2-0 so maybe we should, scoreline. Maybe we should, yeah, well, yeah, for Paul Lambert, it definitely is. Um, so maybe we should avoid that one. But um, so, yeah, maybe the white and black at, at Birmingham. And let's see what the chat has got to say. Um, Universe doesn't care. I love the th- like the third kit more than the second kit. And I love an orange kit. There you go. Um, how many times will we wear it? We only, um, <laughs> I think we've corrected you there, AD, twice. But yes, still a fair point. Uh, it does feel like it's a commercial venture rather than a necessity. But a lot of people, I think, will like the collector's angle to it. A lot of people have also got the copper recreation of yeah. the 81-24 shirt, so might not feel the need to have to stick 50 quid um, back in, well, take 50 foot, 
what am i saying don't know well because people don't take money out of their wallets these days do they so 55 quid is a bit stretched for some people so they might not need it there but streaky's a big fan apart from the logo there you go and then james b that old badge is mint can't please everyone can we um but yeah i think uh, yeah colin big fan of the the old badge i think it, depending on your age i think you probably um yeah, the the you depends which side you're. you're well, on I loved it on the Carers Trust kit a couple of years ago, but we were so crap at football. It kind of feels a little bit tainted. So it's nice to have that that or that yellow badge again on what will presumably be a very good performance whenever we wear it. So I like that kind of link up. Um, Carnival Nation. I was hoping for the yellow top from the seventies. I think a lot of people are. Mm, it's just I too loaded, mind. isn't it? It's, yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? It's it's yeah. With them lot, it's going to split opinions straight away. I wouldn't mind it personally, but there we go. Uh, yeah, Neil, uh, I liked your concept. A gold shirt, Neil, and that I put in Telegram. Yeah, I've been I've been mocking shirts up on. I find a little website that allows you to do templates and designs and stuff like that. So, join Telegram just for that. Why not? God, you must well, be fun at parties. Yeah, um, um, and big shout out as well to Maria Boswell from ITFC Women's Team, um, right back slash slash centre back, who was the star of the reveal video, which is frankly is a is a big advocate for the women's team and um, in the women's official sports club. I thought it was brilliant. So good on the club for for involving the women's team and making them such an integral part of that kit reveal and the of the publicity that's gone with it. Really, really love that. Final bit of news. We are on the news and we're at half an hour. Yeah, so the key step, I think, is less is more rather than talk faster because our our friends in podcast land probably listen to us at one and a half slash two two speed anyway. So if we speak any quicker, it'll be like four speed. But um, our mates at Town Fans supporting food banks are doing another collection for the Plymouth game. And yeah, give us the details. Yeah, so it's the second one this season. I think Leeds was the first one. So the guys there are doing their great work in the fan zone and at Sir Bobby before the match. You can meet them at either of those locations from half 12 till half two. Cash donations also welcome. If you go like you've got on the screen there, if you're watching, there's a list there of recommended items. If you're listening on audio, please check out their Twitter page or X page at, at ITFC underscore FSF for all the details, recommendations, what to bring, cash donation kind of details as well brilliant cause they do fantastic work um please get yourselves along then if you can help out please do because yeah we've said it this time we've said it so many times before it's an example of the great power that football can do when people come together so if you if you're in a position to help out please do couldn't say any better well on seb um totally agree with that uh finally um i mentioned them just briefly uh no match for itfc women this weekend they are back in action in the league cup against cardiff away at cardiff longhold journey that next sunday the 5th of november and then have drawn northampton in the first round proper of the fa women's cup as well so if you're interested um, in travel to northampton as part of the collective then head to at itfcw osc the supporters group otherwise if you can make it under your own steam details on northampton's women's twitter page or x page given we are following elon's branding there by seb finally 32 minutes in seb we could we could talk about plymouth and there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Whether you need a VPN to protect you while online, to allow you to change your worldwide location virtually, or maybe a bit of both, NordVPN gives you the freedom to do so. NordVPN also allows you to stream TV shows, films and even sporting events which aren't available in your local region, changing to a country which is showing that content, meaning you can switch as seamlessly as a Kira McKenna in-game tactical tweak with just one click. But that's not all. NordVPN can also look after you while online, preventing your card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands, safeguarding your personal and sensitive information from harm. Think of it as a cyber Sam Morsey, offering protection to your own personal back four, but with far fewer yellow cards. NordVPN is available for the price of a cup of Bovril per month, and one account can be used across six different devices. Visit nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday, or click the link in the podcast description for more information about the offer and a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee trial period. You'll also be helping out the pod by subscribing. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And whether you are like me, haven't got any particular axe to grind with Plymouth and, and don't mind calling them a friend from League One, or whether you think they were a bit mardy and triggered by all of the chat about us at the end of last season, it's worth noting that fantastic season for them last season, wasn't it? And you know, obviously aspirations to be at championship level, but historically kind of maybe have yo-yoed around a little bit. Um, and probably in the kind of middle of the pack, as it were, for the pr- three promoter teams with Sheffield Wednesday very much at the bottom and Hipsy yeah. very much at the top. Yeah, very much so. Obviously, we were all, all three of us were neck and neck last season for most of the campaign, and we've had three very, very different starts. This one, we're flying high, obviously. Wednesday are in a hell of a predicament at the bottom, still winless. I think it's the worst ever points tally by a championship side at this point. And Plymouth are doing okay, aren't they? It was an important win last night. We'll discuss their game last night. It stops a little bit of a dodgy run of form, and I guess they're their kind of their their views, their goals for this season will simply be to kind of establish themselves maybe in that lower third of the table with a look to consolidate and kind of push on push on next season. They've still got this incredible home form. We'll discuss. It's hit the ropes a little bit recently, but we we talk, we seem to talk about that every single week last season. That's still a factor. But they have got issues with away games, which they're going to have to kind of sort out at some point because I don't think they're going to really be able to rely on their home form this year like they did last year. No, thank you to David for the Legend. super sticker. Appreciate your support as always, David. Great to have you with us. If you want to do likewise, there's a button on YouTube in this in the chat box. But otherwise, as we always say, a thumbs up is very good for us as well. So thank you once again, David, for your support of everything going on here at Blue Monday. Let's talk about the form then, Seb. You mentioned 18th, um, 15 points, six points clear of the drop zone. Form is kind of a bit inconsistent. That's probably the headline there, wasn't there? You mentioned the positive home form to start the season, but it has tailed off a little bit. Yeah. Um, talk to me about the away form, though. So the away form for them is they're currently 22nd with three points. They haven't won a game away from home yet. They've played six away from home park, won none, drawn three, lost three, only scored four goals on their travels and conceded nine. Their last five away is two draws and three defeats. So 
again, like last year, they've kind of got this really decent home form, keeping them outside of the relegation zone. But they're away from, they've not won now away from home in, in a 3 p.m. Saturday kickoff for over 12 months, which sounds insane when I saw mm. that stat. So I had to double check it. But they're going to have to sort that out pretty quickly because, as I said a minute ago, they can't surely count on the same level of home form, keeping them out of it at the moment. Their, their home form is, is, is pretty good. Uh, they're six points clear of the relegation zone. It was a dodgy run until Sheffield Wednesday came to town last night, which is probably the game you want if you're struggling a little bit. You know, if you can get Wednesday to come to, to, to town, then you're going you're gonna to bounce back, hopefully. And that's what they've done to arrest a recent slide. Um, but they've got a bit of work to do, I think, to make sure they can get over the line and consolidate this year with, uh, uh, with this awful, awful away record. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I was going to say something, but I'm going to keep it in my head, keep it to myself. Um, Benjamin giving a shout out to Mustafa Bundu. We will talk about him shortly. One of uh, quite a few loans and young players and players who like to ping shots from left, mm-hmm. right and centre, don't we? Um, remind us of the stats from last season. So, As we all know, yeah, last season, champions with 101 points. I think they won the league. I'm not sure they mentioned it too much in the summer. Um, but yeah, 101 points, champions, played 46, won 31, drew 8, lost 7. This insane home record, 61 points from 23 games played at home park, 2.65 points per game. And to put that in perspective, if they hadn't played any away games last season and just played the 23 games at home, they still would have finished 12th in League One. It was an insane record. Only two defeats there all season. An absolutely crazy record. We discussed it throughout last year, not just on the pre-match show for the Plymouth game, but at other times throughout the season. There were issues. Did the underlying numbers at both ends of the pitch kind of mask performances? And were they ever going to get found out? Is there a bit of an argument? Maybe that's happened now. They've kind of stepped up. I mean, their XG, I know a lot of people aren't fans of XG, but it does give you a pretty good idea of the qualities of chances you're creating. Their XG last season was 55, but they scored 82 goals. So they massively overperformed the, the quality of chance created. And they had this issue with Michael Cooper, where we'd all agree he's a top draw goalkeeper. He was the second highest goals prevented with eighth in the league. And he didn't play for the last four months of the season either. So there were these underlying numbers at both ends of the pitch, which we kind of thought at some point that luck will run out. You know, these deflected last minute winners that we were bemoaning as we found out when they came to Portman Road in January we kind of kept saying to ourselves this can't go on forever but sure enough it did last season is there is, is this something they have to fix this year in order to kind of progress I, I think so I don't think they can get away with it as much this year yeah so it's a really good shout here from Dan on the, in the chat there are more knew how to play as due to League One matches the Wednesday to Schumacher also have that advantage versus other championship managers I mean it's worth noting to Philip's point here, we owe Plymouth one. I kind of felt like that home match they did get out of jail at Portman Road, didn't they, in January? We'll talk more about that game shortly. But I think Darren Moore at, at Huddersfield, I don't know whether it was the new manager bounce or a little bit of understanding about how we go about things. Um, your thoughts on, we'll talk about Schumacher as well, but is that a yeah. factor? I think it's the football as well, though. Darren Moore plays more direct football, which sometimes we can struggle with a little bit, whereas Schumacher plays a similar brand of football, I would suggest, to us with kind of, you know, attack is one of the best forms of defence type style play. So we do owe him one last year. We only took that point off them, but they were lucky at Portman Road. You know, they that, that deflected last minute uh, goal from Ballymumba off Cameron Burgess, wasn't it? That was that was a real get out of jail for them because, you know, they think they'd lost to Wednesday the week before, hadn't they, if I remember rightly, and they came to us and, yeah, I, I, I just think that they were incredibly lucky that day. And, 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 and yeah, I, I, I wouldn't fear. I don't fear playing Darren Moore, but I'd always suspect Darren Moore could probably do a job on us. I don't have that same thing about Schumacher personally. Okay. Yeah. And, and it's, we always kind of big up the opposition and what they're thinking. And I'd imagine there's quite a few people in, in the town dressing room, including Kieran McKenna, who want to kind of exact some revenge for 
that defeat in yeah. January and the, sorry, the, the draw in January and even the defeat in we played, September we as well. Team. Yeah, we played well that day, didn't we? We won it up through Ladapo. We played we played decently on the day. It wasn't a performance where we kind of you know got ourselves out of jail. I thought we were we were we were good. We conceded two long range goals, one of which I think was deflected. So yeah, that's just the way it goes sometimes. But yeah, I, I think McKenna is that good. I'd imagine any manager that does get the beating of him, I, I've got full faith he learns from it and, and, and won't want a repeat performance. Historically, Seb, we've got the better of them, haven't we? Um, we have. Of late, mick, mick, mick's bag, isn't it? Yeah, 23 t- wins for us, 16 draws and 13 Plymouth wins. We've discussed the one or draw back in January. Our last win against them was March 2022. We were closing down on the playoffs in McKenna's kind of first three or four months in charge. Morsey with the only goal of the game. They were on a crazy run then as well. Mm. I don't think they conceded a goal for something like eight or nine games before that, but... We, we were pretty good that day. I don't think they really threatened us too much. It was a professional performance. The last Plymouth win at Portman Road was back in 2010. Paul Mariner, the legend, was in charge, obviously, for Plymouth. Roy Keane was in our dugout. Best they beat us. us. Yeah, yeah, they beat us 2-0. They were 23rd at the time and beat us 2-0. We were 16th. So, uh, yeah, it was just a yeah a horrible a horrible, a horrible season under Keane, wasn't it? But great to see Mariner come back to Portman Road. Unfortunately, they did us over and won, but that was their last victory. So you have to go back 14 years to find their last their last win at Portman Road. It's a long old trip for them going west yeah. to east as well, isn't it? Uh, we talked. We mentioned Stephen Schumacher. I mean, pretty decent record. And ninety is, is Saturday's hundredth game in charge. I think. Well, look. Yeah. Up. So he's, yeah, man, he's been there since since, since December twenty twenty one. Joins a couple of weeks before McKenna joins us. Previously, this is a manager to Ryan Lowe. They both moved across from Berry. Obviously, Ryan Lowe goes up to Preston. Schumacher gets the gig full time. Managed ninety nine games, one fifty seven, drawn sixteen, lost twenty six, one point eight nine points per game, which I think we'd agree Decent. is pretty impressive. Yeah, and. And his recruitment has been pretty good. I think we talked obviously about the January acquisitions having to do with the departure of Whitaker's injuries as well to the likes of Cooper. And, you know, you've you've described it here getting a band back together. It's definitely that, isn't it? But fair play to him. There was some money spent here. Um, you know, we got a lot of stick from opposition supporters, probably Plymouth fans as well, about the money we spent in League One. But there's some seven-figure sums being chucked around here and by Plymouth. And probably some of these permanent signings said I'd half expect maybe Plymouth to be doing a little bit better given the caliber here, but there are young players perhaps and that yeah. maybe there's some inexperience there, but talk us through the 10 arrivals in the summer of which we probably know most of them. We do. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned this a young side. It is the third average youngest squad in the league behind Sunderland and Blackburn just over, I think it's just over 24, 23 years old. So it is a, it is a young squad. As I've just said, getting the band back together is the tagline I've put on the script for this because they've basically gone out and signed the players that got them over the line last year. Bali Mumba, we know all about him. Obviously, he's joined permanently from Norwich. They break their transfer record twice in a week with Bali Mumba for a million quid. And then Morgan Whitaker rejoins for a million quid. They had him on loan for the first half of last season. Gets recalled by Swansea in January. There's all these rumours he's going to go back to them or go elsewhere. He doesn't. So they move quickly and sign him permanently. Uh, this summer is a, a, a brilliant buy. Finazaz was on loan there last year. He's rejoined again. He had an injury last year, a bad injury, but he's joined on loan again for another year from Villa. And they've kind of gone out and signed these younger Premier League development players, presumably with an eye to either develop them and they might actually go back to their, their parents' sides, or if you can develop them enough to make them good enough for our level. But 
you know, they're not going to get in their Premier League parent side squads, then potentially you can kind of do a bit of business and get them relatively cheap and look to look develop them further. So they've got Kane Kessler Hayden, who's a right back or a left back. He's coming on loan from Villa. Luke Cundall, central midfielders, come on loan from Wolves. Lewis Warrington on loan from Everton. They signed Lewis Gibson, a highly rated centre back, on a free from Everton. Mustafa Bundu, who scored a free kick against Sheffield Wednesday last night in off the bar. He's a striker who can play either as the focal one or either side. He's joined for undisclosed free from Anderlecht. So they've kind of gone out and got the best players they had last year on loan and made them permanent. And this kind of strategy of these younger Premier League development in the 20 to 22 age bracket. And I guess they'll hope that, you know, the parent clubs in the summer might say, oh no, they're not for us. They won't get in our squads and they can try and make these kind of similar £1 million signings like they have with the uh, with the Mumbers and the Whitakers of this world. Yep. And and, the, and again, similarly, these supplement the, tra- the transfers that we, we talked about in January as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's a decent squad, but it's kind of an inexperienced slash developing squad with some Premier yeah. League quality kind of um, sprinkled in there as well. I mean, in terms of departures, I don't think there's anything major. We talked about Narlin, to Blackburn, it's probably... Yeah, it's a clear out of squad players. That's all it is in reality. No no one on that list you look at it and go, oh, that's a bit of a shock. The only one that jumped out to me, Connor Grant went to Port Vale. I remember him doing really well uh, for them a couple of years ago, yeah. but he moved on to, to Port Vale. So well, Jeff Scott as well was rated at one point as well, but he's off to... Highly rated, but he went so. off on loan last year somewhere else as well. So yeah, I don't know what's happened there. And the rest of them, you know, James Wilson, our old player, goes to Bristol Rovers. Danny Mayer goes to Fleetwood. So. Yeah. It's a clearing of the decks, really, isn't it, to bring in the, the, the more established quality. It is. Let's talk about the style of play. Um, uh, yeah, talk to us about this, then. Go on. Well, we know them as a 3-4-2-1. That's what they played predominantly in League One and with the two number 10s behind the main striker. That's kind of how we how we knew them. They've moved to more of a 4-3-3 predominantly so far this season. They've used it nine times. The 3-4-2-1 has still made a couple of appearances, but 4-3-3 seems to be the way they're, the way they're kind of going. They're very much mid-table for possession, 48%. They like uh, conceding shots to teams. They've conceded 15 shots per game, which is the fourth highest. Only made 13 tackles per game, which is the second lowest. Their 21 goals scored, however, is the joint fourth highest in the league. So they do they do know where the back of the net is. They're not a side that's afraid to uh, uh, to get shots off and to score goals, but they will be open at the back and concede a lot of chances as well. They love a shot from outside the area. They're joint third for that. 43% of all their shots come from outside the area, which is just a bit ahead of us. 36% of ours come from outside the area. So, yeah, they will score goals. They will concede a lot of chances and they love a pop from outside the area, which makes sense when you consider the likes of Morgan Whitaker and Bally Mumba. How many times last season against us in the September game, for example, did we see them line one up from the edge of the box and, and look to get a shot off? Yeah, well, and... The, the game against Sheffield Wednesday midweek, the 3-0 victory, you got Bundu with a free kick, as you talked about, Whitaker and scoring as well. Hardy, we'll talk about him in a second, but had less possession and and the XG was kind of marginal as well. So yeah, they are kind of, it's these efforts, it's it's, it's taking a punt that definitely feels like yeah. it. But there's 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 got to be a level of quality there as well. I mean, Whitaker's shots on target is crazy, isn't it? We'll talk about that in a second, but it's only a, it's only a fluky tactic if you if you don't, if it doesn't come off, when it becomes a repeated pattern, yeah, we said it this becomes a system, doesn't it? An approach you've got to respect it, haven't you? I remember sitting here on the January show uh, before the before the Plymouth home game, and you said the exact same thing. You said the more it happens, it's not a fluke. You know, you, it's a fluke if you could do it for half a season, it falls away. If you just keep doing it, eventually it becomes the norm. So they've clearly got this mentality of if you're in and around the box, have a pop and see what happens. And so far, it hasn't caught up with them. 
Give us some stats for Hardy and Whitaker. They're probably the two standout players for them. Yeah, well, Hardy's the top scorer so far this season. The focal point of the attack, six goals, three assists. He got 13 goals and four assists last season. Morgan Whitaker, we know all about. I'd have loved to have signed him personally. I think he's a class act. Five goals, three assists so far this season. He's got the most shots on target in the league with 19. Averages four shots per game. Uh, he's an absolute class act. And it's worth pointing out, Michael Cooper is now back as well. So he had that horrible injury back in February time. He's now back and he's kept clean sheets in his last two games. So he's yet to concede a goal this season. Very highly rated keeper. Obviously, we sat on here. I think we had the Walton Cooper debate at one point last season about who we'd rather have. So it's good to see him back playing because it was a horrible injury. Good to see him back back playing. And so far, he's not been beaten. And he's quoted in the press as saying he's the strongest he's ever been as well. There you go. So big claims there. Um, other, other, you know, we mentioned other names as well. Luke Condor in there as well. Three, three goals and an assist from his four starts. It's just a pretty good conversion. Um, Matt Butcher and Dan Scar are in the top three um, blocks per 90 in the whole division. So they'll get stuck in and stick their body on the line. Um, but realistically, it's, it's those threats from shots around. Yeah the penalty area, isn't it? There's a little bit of an injury-ish situation in the in the left-back spot, though. There is, yeah. So, Saxon Early, Brendan Galloway and Macaulay Gillespie are all currently out injured. They're the three natural left-footed players in the in the squad. They're all out injured at the moment. So, they've kind of shunted Kane, Kessler, Hayden across. He's right-footed, but he can play at, at left-back, but he's shunted across a little bit. And it's worth noting that Anthony Masaba, the Sheffield Wednesday right-winger, was getting quite a lot of joy down that side um, last night. So, that could be an area of opportunity for us, given Hold. either Jackson's pace or Hutchinson's trickery against him. Gonna say hold hold that thought. Let's finish off with some stats then. Um, a really good point from Philip that a lot of Plymouth's yeah. goals have come at home, particularly in that six they scored against them lot. Yeah. Um, but away from home, a bit of a different story. Only four goals scored. Like I said earlier, it's the third lowest. All the four goals have come from open play. They haven't scored a set piece or anything on their travels, and they do not start games well. Four goals conceded and none scored in the opening 15 minutes of away games is the joint worst in the league, along with QPR. There you go. Um, We'll uh, talk about us in a second, so give us your thoughts on any changes that you'd make to the team on Wednesday night against Bristol City, particularly on that right-hand side as we were talking about that. Do you retain Caden Jackson or do you bring in Amari Hutchinson and anything else that you have in mind as well? But it's worth um, calling out a few bits and pieces. As always, we're in partnership here on the pre-match show with the Greyhound, with the Greyhound I was going to say the Great Greyhound Pub. The Great Greyhound. And it was such easy for me to say. But if you're looking for a pre-match venue on Saturday, you can do, well, best place to go, Greyhound. It'll be packed outside, assuming the weather's not crap. And probably even if the weather is crap, it'll be packed outside anyway. So get there early. Uh, you'll see probably me- many members of the Blue Monday Telegram group and the pod team there on Saturday. So do head there. The flagship shows back on Sunday, 8 p.m. on Sunday to talk all about the Plymouth game after the fact. And as always, bluemondayitfc.co.uk is where you need to go for all of the links for videos, socials, podcasts, and our merch store, which has a 25% promo right now. Um, so if you're watching this on YouTube and if you're listening to this before Friday morning, get 25% off Blue Monday branded merch right now. If it's too late, um, we'll let you know next time there's a promo on. Also, we're um, really um, happy to affiliate with um, where the uh, where the sport, as in W-E-A-R, where the sport. Friend of the pod um, set up his own um, football kind of branded um, clothing um, site, um, where the sport and 
Um, it celebrates iconic Ipswich Town players from past and present. And if you use the promo code Blue Monday, all one word in caps, you can get 15% off um, your entire order. So head to wherethesport.com or at wherethesport um, to figure out what you're going to purchase. Um, good stuff there. And if you want to join the Telegram group, we mentioned that a couple of times as well. Head to bluemondayitfc.co.uk. Joining link is there two weeks on us. There's a subscription thereafter, and the match day chat will be open by me, not Seb, on Friday afternoon, and it will be bustling on Saturday, I'm sure. Seb, talk to me about what Kieran McKenna might be thinking after Bristol. Um, tied legs, we talked about those. Right inside, yeah. we talked about that. Um, anything else that's in no? We, we we know Burns. He revealed didn't he, in the studio for Town Burnsy? TV that it's. It's with Burns. He, I said Burns. He reveals. It's like me and Burnsy. We're best, best mates. Me and Wales. Wales. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, he revealed. Yeah, it's going to be weeks, not months. I think he's hoping to be back in the November international break. So I guess that right hand side is now up for grabs for the next what half a dozen games or so. Is it going to be Jackson with his pace in behind? I guess Ballymumba kind of will be playing on that side. So do you want to keep him pushed back? Or do you go for the trickery of Hutchinson? I'd like Hutchinson to start being a home game personally. I thought Jackson is a brilliant runner. He'll run all day for you. But I was getting frustrated last night the amount of times that his crosses would simply find the first man and be cleared fairly easily. So I'd like to see Hutchinson coming on that left hand, on that right hand side. I like the relationship that he's got with Brandon Williams. And I think that cutting inside on his left foot to get shots off and crosses into the back post could be a really useful weapon. So that's what I would do. And I guess the rest of the team, there's a short turnaround time, isn't there? Obviously we haven't played for two and a half weeks and suddenly you've got two games in the space of three days. I think it will probably be the similar to what we saw the other night, the, the established now first choice 11 barring any kind of knocks or anything. And I guess if you can hopefully get a couple of goals up by the 60 minute mark, then you look to make the change with the likes of Ball and Taylor coming on for, you know, um, for, for, for Luongo and stuff as he starts to tire. What would you do? Would you keep it all the same and maybe look to bring in Hutchinson or would you keep Jackson in? I think it will be unchanged unless there's a situation we're unaware of. I just think McKenna quite likes the ability to bring Hutchinson off the bench yeah. Um, against a tiring left-back, albeit Mumba is going to be pretty athletic and energetic anyway. So see, I, 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 like your, I, I, I would like to see Hutchinson start. I like the partnership he has with Williams, but I think pragmatically thinking, I think Jackson's probably the better bet, but... Uh, we shall see on Saturday what the folk in the chat have to say. Um, Neil, Plymouth had seven players booked against West Brom last Saturday. Maybe a little he bit made, of a He made six team. changes as well last week to try and break the run of form. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think he was just scrabbling around trying to find something. And maybe, what did Roy Keane always say? If you're not playing very well, just go out and smash somebody. <laughs> maybe that was their approach. <laughs> just signed Thomas Priskin. Um, Colin and Romeo both want Hutchinson. Um, to start, Romeo says Jackson back on the bench. Other than that, go unchanged. Uh, Nick, similar to me, um, same again. Um, and Eric, yeah, they have a five-hour trip. Worth noting yeah. that, I guess. Uh, Michael wants Hutchinson. Um, maybe ra- rest Massimo and Taylor to play the first 60 minutes. Your thought, oh, that was playing on my play. mind as well. But yeah, Ma- Cup is midweek and you'd expect Taylor to start in the Cup, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, and Don Ball will get a run out as well. Maybe, maybe at right back or maybe in the defensive midfield position. So, yeah, for me, I'd start Luongo and Morsi personally. But if you are in a position of strength in the second half at some point, then obviously you look to make that change to kind of rest him a little bit because he looked leggy, but I, I would look to start them both because they're by far and away our strongest central midfield. Um, David's bringing back in Clark, which is an interesting call. I think a lot. Oh, of I wouldn't, David. No, I'd stick with I'd stick with Williams. I think um, he's but he wants shirt Hutchinson as well. 
Um, and streaky 94, Jackson will start again. Um, Hutchinson better as a sub. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think there's an agreement there as well. Um, and um, Eric asks, do we have Blue Monday earrings? Asking for a friend. I'm sure, uh, not at the moment, Eric, but I'm sure we can sort that out. Um, I'll add that to the list along with Craig's radiator keys, branded <laughs> radiator keys. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's, um, we'll add that on the long list. Um, Mark wants to see Taylor get a chance and Hutchinson to start as well. So, But you can't break up that partnership at the moment, can you? Because, you know, Luongo and Morsey, the, it's, it's working so, so well. Taylor, I think at some point, I mean, especially if we get to, the Oceana Cup in January. Uh, I think there's a good chance that Longo will go away now, and that, that's going to be Taylor's opportunity. But until then, barring suspensions or injuries, I still think they're the first choice for me by a mile. Asia Cup, Asia Cup, Seth, come on. Yeah, I know, I'm taking the piss because I, I know Oceana you are. A few weeks ago. Yeah, then we'll, we'll keep the Oceana Cup at arms base, shall we? Let's do some predictions. Get them in the chat right now. We want your predictions for the round let's of. Not, let's. Let's no, not bother. We can, we, yeah, we're, no. we're quite close to the hour mark. Let's just uh, no, let's no. Just, I've just... I've purposefully left enough time to do it, Seb. So well, let's good. do predictions now. Get yours into the chat. We'll come to those in a second. <laughs> Big shout out to Ed Lane editors. Every week, I am so chuffed that we get to play editors' music on the podcast. That's the instrumental version, as I've said before, but. A bit of desire, Seb, at the end, at the, at the beginning, really gives us a lift. So thank you to Ed and um, all the great stuff that editors are doing. And check them out if you don't. If you've always thought, who's that band that the music is on Blue Monday? It's editors. Um, go and check them out on YouTube. The, in the description on YouTube, we've linked to the the full song that's in our intro and outro. So go and check them out. Um, Seb is reluctant to look at the predictions results um, because he knows what's coming, and it's another victory for the host um but squeaky bum though only one point to elliot who on his debut gets seven points so congratulations to elliot um putting seb in his box <laughs> three points i said three points or would the ipswich game have made a difference we yeah, will never know yeah what we can do is so. we can come back week, and it's locked out now so i'm gonna go full jürgen and demand a replay between you yeah, and me for last yeah, week because it was all thrown out of kilter but yeah, there is now an eight-point gap between seven I right. and a four rounds gap between seven I. But it's only it's early doors. It's only November. Well, it's November next week. So you've got plenty more balls to be kicked, predictions to be um won and lost. And Seb, there are some interesting games this week. There's some derbies in there as well. Leeds Huddersfield, I would say is a derby. Sheffield Wednesday Rotherham is a derby. Coventry West Brom is a derby as well. Watford Millwall, maybe. Um, so quite a few uh, local derbies in there. Um, some consistency with the predictions as well. We're all going 3-0 leads for the Huddersfield. Darren Moore. Back, weren't they? Is Darren Moore, who's going to get sacked first? Gareth Ainsworth or Darren Moore again? It's a weird situation at Huddersfield, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's not. They, they started against us and they, you know, they kind of, he was up for it and the crowd were up for it and they were direct. And I kind of thought, oh, he'll get them organised and get them tough to beat. And they'll kind of start to, to move away from it, but he's not been able to get them going at all, has he? I saw the owner came out on Twitter the other night and said, you know, blame me, send the send the grief my way, I'm big enough, I can take it. And yeah, the, the longer that goes on, he can't get them firing. I guess uh, you wouldn't sack him this quickly. I mean, Christ, no, no, no. even for a championship club, that would be insane. Um, so surely Ainsworth is next on the uh, uh, next up for the firing squad. But for, but unless Moore can do something, I guess you've got to give him January to try and get some of his own players in and see what they're going to do. But yeah, after that, I, I thought they'd move away after they played us, but zero impact at all, really. I mean, they were, 
most pundits and analysts were predicting to struggle this season anyway. So yeah, yeah, hardly a surprise. But yeah, after the point against us, it's kind of downhill. But yeah. if you're looking for an indication as to maybe why to not sack your manager, you, I mean, Wayne Rooney's had a pretty lousy start with Birmingham. We're, we're predicting a Southampton victory there. That's the midday kickoff live on Sky. Yeah, and he's changed formation and gone more defensive, and it was fine. It was working fine. You know, you've just had just them with a six. Leave it alone, bro. Yeah, it was fine, and they've got all this undefeated branding behind him in all the press conferences for this new—is it a clothing brand or something? They're trying to plug, and it's not started well at all, has it? And obviously, they're playing Southampton away is a tough game to go to. We're all predicting a, a defeat for him there, and then we're coming to town next weekend, so it's a bit of a baptism of fire. And for me, it's 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 an exact repeat, isn't it, of the old Zola and Gary Rower situation from eight years ago wherever it was indeed well we're predicting southampton there and i quite like the qpr leicester scores we've gone three four and five he'll, nil there. surely he'll go if, if if that happens i've gone five you, nil you've gone three nil he's not going to be leicester though so why would you sack him after leicester if you if you're gonna sack him sack him now well they should, no, they should have sacked him after the well they lose four nil before the international break and for some yeah, reason well, they, they lost didn't the cardiff midweek as well didn't they four nil as well. yeah they're gonna have to pull the trigger soon maybe no, west i'm sorry two nil wasn't it west brom but they had a man sent off so they're gonna have to do something soon because yeah it, it yeah that's the saving grace for i guess huddersfield is that there probably there might be a couple of basket cases below them that's going to take two of the three spots and Sheffield Wednesday have obviously got rid of Munoz and that's not really changed anything either we're all predicting that to be a pretty dour game um Elliot going for the 1-0 Sheffield Wednesday victory though but both of us going for nil-nil let's focus on us though um I'm predicting goals <laughs> I'm predicting a 3-2 Elliot's predicting a 3-1 even though they've scored four goals away all season yeah well I didn't read that bit of the script before <laughs> Richard in. But it doesn't matter. We, we, we're open at the back. It'll be 3-2 right? now and yeah, you'll you'll win predictions next week as well. So. Are you going for a 2-0? You're, you're pretty confident, confident. I am, yeah, confident. You know, they concede away from home. They don't score away from home. We do owe them one, as we've discussed a couple yeah. of times throughout the chat and I just think we look so good. Who'd have thought an Ipswich town side could be so good at look football at after years of look dross? At us. Yeah, exactly. Who'd have so, thought it? I think fairly comfortable. I'm thinking Stoke home vibes where we score in the first half. It's comfortable and we see it out at some point around 60, 65 minutes with a second. So, yeah, I, I can't see this being too difficult, to be honest. Fair enough. Well, I can't say better than that. So we'll leave it at that. Um, worth knowing we've got a lot of predictions in the chat. So we'll come to those and try and put as many on the screen as we can. I think the first one I found was AD. So I'm going to go for that. And he's endorsing your your 2-0. There's AD with his 2-0. Colin's also going for a 2-0. Philip's gone for a 6-1. That'd six be nice. Um, kind of all nation, 3-2. Um, lots of suggestions for Blue Monday merch coming in. Left-handed screwdrivers, asks Elliot. Um <laughs> Lee wants a Blue Monday thong. As long as I don't have to model it, Lee, no one wants that. Um, Nick wants a 4-0, though. Uh, 4-0, we'll, we can't put that in the merch store, but uh, there's your prediction there. 3-0 for Benjamin, 3-1 for Rob, 2-0 for Matt, uh, Matthew. 2-0, uh, can't see them scoring. one all says Lee. Lee, no, all of this optimism surrounds... Presumably a, presumably a last-minute Whitaker or Mumba deflected equaliser, I see. For an I could say the word shithouse. I said it twice. He said it twice. 4-1 says Max and Mr. Portaloo as well. 2-1 says Romeo. You've got a 3-2 from Julian. 3-0 for Mark. 3-1. Hurst with a brace. Wouldn't it be great if Hurst gets a hat-trick, Seb? Oh, yeah. Brilliant. 
That'd be great, yeah. Max wants Hurst to score first as well, or Hurst to score any time uh, when the fun stops. Stop, Jack, go for a 3-1. Streaky, a comfortable 3-0 in front of a near-sell-out crowd. Michael, 5-3 to town, back to the days of Joe Royal. Uh, 2-1 for Mr. Ipswich Town. They're a bit of a bogey team. Uh, Kale's going 3-0. I'm getting a match for Reading Tractor 3-2. Um, all the spar- all sparks in the live lounge by editors is class. There you go, Mark. Shout out for more editors stuff to check out. First album in the um, the back room. Great, says Kev as well. Um, back catalog is excellent. There you go. Eric's gone for a 3-0. Um, Nick, I have a good feeling that we will end the Plymouth jinx in inverted commas. He's saying home win. Uh, Colin's going 2-0. Kev 2-0. Uh, 3-1. Um, and we've got another Asia Cup there from A, just to remind us. Uh, one trip party, 3-1. Lots of 3-1s. There we go. Uh, lots of stuff. We don't do three ones on the Kieran McKenna, so Michael's reminded us of that as well. Um, and Steve, thank you for the £5 Super Chat. Very much appreciate that. First sub from me. Appreciate it. Well worth it. Thanks for an enjoyable Thursday evening in sunny Cyprus. Of course it is in sunny Cyprus, making us jealous. Um, but thank you, Steve, for your support there. If you're going to do likewise in the Super Chat, there's a button in the live chat on YouTube. But thumbs up is great as well. Lots of you here. Thank you, everyone, for your company tonight. It's been fantastic. So thank you for the numbers. And Facebook, I see you too. Ben, Matt, Elliot, Angela, and Julie, thank you for your thumbs up on Facebook as well. Um, a lot of folk predicting Rooney might be next. Got a 6-2 prediction said before. 0 5-3, from Angela Blimey. They are coming in. Um, 2-0. Graham is here. 2-0 Plymouth. There we go, Graham. I was wondering when Graham was going to turn up. Um, Kieran's going to finish this off though 37 nil to Ipswich Seb uh, we'll come back next week we'll figure out whether um, 37 nil is right um, maybe don't hold your breath though not sure we'll find out keep going uh, Jamie's gone for a 4 nil. <laughs> thank you ever for your predictions we've got a 12 nil Leicester QPR prediction as well from Max too um, brilliant stuff thank you everyone so much for all of your support tonight super chats likes thumbs up everything um, great engagement in the chat as well we appreciate you thank you for your insights your views um, we'll be back on Sunday evening so do join us then to talk about the game after the facts um, and hopefully you feel much wiser to sound off in front of your mates with all the stuff about four goals away from home and um, players on loan from Villa. They start rubbish. That's the one to impress start rubbish. With. There you go. Yeah. yeah, remind us of that. So thank you, Seb, for all of your hard work as always put that together. Um, and a reminder, do support um, our friends, uh, town fans supporting food banks as well. Um, cash donations or food donations if you can. Head to their Twitters to figure out stuff. And um, and a thank you from me, everyone, for watching. Um, I'll stick some comments up if you want to say goodbye. Seb, do you want to do a slow goodbye and give me a nod when you're when you're done, so I can cue up the outro, so you can do your salute to everyone. Thank give me, you. Give to me the everyone. Thank you to everyone for getting involved in the chat tonight. It's been great. Now it's been a jam-packed show, hasn't it? Doing jam-packed Bristol and Plymouth and third kits and yeah, it feels Where are we very in the busy. A very busy show. I don't know. Have you got the league table to hand? You put the league did table you, up. I, did did I, you find? Did anyone find Norwich? Because yeah, they're still oh, not there. Ipswich. It's weird. There's yeah, it's Ipswich. weird. Yeah, they're still not there. I'm looking forward to the Norwich pre-match show. I think it might be quite fun. <laughs> I think we might get ourselves in a bit of trouble on that night. Yeah. Uh, but no, thank you. Look, it's a great as as the as the league table proves there. It's an absolutely brilliant time to be a town fan. We deserve this after the years of of dross. I promise I won't jinx the game by doing anything admin related on our on our Telegram group. If you want to get the outro ready, I'll do my usual. Go to the Greyhound, support the guys down there. Have a great time at Portman Road. Here's to three more points, six points for the week off two games. 
Reigns. The promotion charge continues. Enjoy it, everybody. Come on, you blues. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.